Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of the Red and Blue Review. Um, we've had smoother intros than that, but that was all good. <laughs> and Lucia, nice to see you. Um, anyway, welcome to another edition of the Red and Blue Review with me, Ian Noble, your host for this evening. And uh, you can see I'll introduce our, our fellow panellists in a moment or two. Um, in a week when Everetche Eze has signed a new three and a half year uh, deal at Crystal Palace and uh, a week when Michael Elise is back in the matchday squad. There was a huge amount of optimism going into this game with Everton at Sellers Park uh, yesterday. Sadly, we were on the wrong end of a five-goal thriller and lost the game, as you well know, 3-2. Welcome to everyone joining us in the chat. We'll get to you guys in a minute. But before we do that, let me introduce this panel. Um, Talk Sports' very own Tim Richards. Good evening, Tim. How are you? <laughs> Evening, Ian. Yeah, I managed to get uh, a day off from TalkSport today to come and see you guys, so nice to see everyone. That's fantastic. And uh, joining us, I think, for the first time this season, I might be wrong, Lucy, but um, Lucy Asher, good evening. How are you, darling? I'm very good. Thank you very much, Ian. Yeah, I think I've been on a couple of times this season. Excuse the oh, cat. Sorry, and, who's, and your cat's there as well. Hello. Yeah, yeah. She's... Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Lucy, Lucy is also producing the show tonight, so she's got a dual role. Very, very important. Thanks, Lucy, for doing that. And a last-minute substitute. Uh, for um, Fergus Tidd, who realised he was double booked tonight, is, uh, of course, uh, a face that you're all too familiar with, Mr Nicholas Philpot. Good evening, Nick. And look at it on screen. Good evening, Ian. It doesn't look any better, that face, does it? Let's be honest, it gets worse and worse every week. Well, I don't know about that. You said it, mate. So, anyway, good to see you, mate. And uh, thanks for joining us. Um, so, um, I'm going to get my own back on you tonight because I'm hosting and I can tell you to shut up. And you don't, can't tell me to shut up. So, so there we are. Um, yeah, so it was, of course, a bit of a disappointment that we uh, that we got nothing from yesterday's game. It was a sort of a reversal of the previous weekend, wasn't it? If you look at the stats, especially, um, you know, we had the possession this time. We lost the game last week. We didn't have the possession and we won the game. And uh, there we are. There are the stats of that game uh, yesterday. Two thirds of the possession, Crystal Palace, 13 shots on target, um, four shots each sorry, four shots each on target, 13 shots in total to their eight, and we dominated the play with corners, etc. And they were twice as dirty as us with 18 fouls. Dirty Northern, yeah, you know the rest of it. Okay, so let's dive straight in to reviewing the game this evening. Um, so, Tim, you were watching the game with me in the main stand yesterday. Um, tell us your thoughts initially, mate, and then we'll, 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 we'll chip in as we go along. Not much to tell, is there really? No, kind of joking. Um, so I don't know if it was if it was just me, but it seemed yesterday there was a bit more of a prickly atmosphere than normal. I don't know, everyone seemed really up for it. The supporters, the atmosphere there. It it just seemed a bit more than normal. And I think both sets of players must have picked up on it as well, because right from the first whistle, you know, both teams were at it straight away. Um I guess for me yesterday, the big word was mistakes. Uh, pretty much within a minute of the game kicking off, Edward fails to control a simple ball to him and hold it. He loses it. Uh, they break, uh, Everton break, come down there right. And um, I think it's Harrison, they're, they're right back or right. Played oh, very, I was quite impressed with him, but he knocked a lovely ball into the middle. And unfortunately, uh, oh, Milenko was there. Unmarked, simple header, um, one nil down. The a terrible start. But I've got to say, what I was so pleased about 
was we were straight back at them. It wasn't the usual or has been the case where we sit back, straight back at straight back at them right from that. And then basically the Eze show, Eze, sorry, Eze show started. Um, I think probably the best performance for us in session that first half that I've seen. Um, pretty much only a couple of minutes after, he picked the ball up around 35 yards out and he just ran and it was like shoulder that way, shoulder that way. Everton just couldn't handle it. They just didn't know what to do with him. Into the penalty um, area, definite penalty. And what a penalty. It was so nice to see Pickford made to look so stupid. Um, over to you, Ian. I know you wanted to mention something, so yeah. Let me stop you there, Tim. Lucy, you were at the game as well yesterday. Um, how impressed were you by Abereche Eze and him gliding across the Silos turf? He was on fire. He was exciting. He was dynamic. The play seemed to just sort of flow from him. And I think, you know, we were all on the edge of our seats. Sort of, I, I know we sort of we went down to a, a very early goal. But the, just the, the the belief that, you know, he, he was going to really sort of turn on some skills. It was It was electric watching him. He was just insane skills what yeah. are you doing sitting down in the homestead you're on the edge of your seat surely you should, should be standing up in the homestead lower team <laughs> well yeah i did stand the entire time because i'm quite <laughs> short so even if people are sat in front of me i still can't see over them i'm only kidding yeah i'm only kidding <laughs> that's nick. All right. nick correction she was on the edge of my seat if i'm honest with you. <laughs> oh, <I see>. yeah. <laughs> yes lucy was uh in your seat yesterday i understand in the low home so yeah of course uh, um how much have we missed as a Nick? Um, you watch Palace week in, week out, like I do. Um, you know, he went off, he, he didn't play after that Manchester United away game when we won 1-0. Um, it's about six weeks, I think, we've been missing. And how much have we missed him? Oh, I mean, him and Elise tremendously. I do take issue with something that Tim just said a minute ago. Wasn't it great to see uh, Pickford look stupid? Please don't ever take that penalty like that again. I cannot abide those <laughs> <laughs> stupid little shimmies. What's the keeper going to do? Because the person that makes look stupid is the penalty taker if mm. he goes wrong. Okay, yesterday he got it right. Okay, but I hate, you know, I've seen Rashford, I've seen hundreds of players do it before. But one of our own players do it yesterday was carnage. I was just, I was like, I was, I was shuddering at it. Um, it. I mean, your answer to your question is let's face it, we, both, we all know that. Those two are our playmakers. Uh, without them, we've done okay. We've actually gained some good points while they've been away. But now that they're back, we were all looking forward to something a little bit more exciting yesterday. Sadly, the end result didn't come through. Yeah, and of course, it was our first penalty kick of the season. Uh, and as, a, as you quite rightly say, dispatched it. Um, Tim, do you think he would have um, done the same thing had that second one been awarded, which we'll come to in a minute, but we're going to... Would he have done the same thing, do you think? Where would he have put it? Well, I, I think I only just thought I only just thought of it after what Nick said, but I reckon the reason he did that is he's probably taken a lot of penalties against Pickford for England in training for England. So I think maybe he did that to be something completely different to th to try and throw Pickford off. I I, I don't know. Um but yeah, so anyway, so one one, um, well deserved. And then basically the, the from what I saw. The rest of the first half was basically the SA and Palace show. Uh, we played, I mean, some great play going forward, um, you know, spraying the balls out from the back, diagonal balls. And I think you pointed it out, Ian, and after you said it, I kind of looked and thought, it does look like we went to a back three. 
I don't know if that was in the second half, but pushing um, young Mitchell further up, and it was, and it worked really well. The belief in the team, and you, you could see that the players wanted it. You could see there was passion, there was desire. There what's been missing from a lot of games. If it's because we're getting players back, I, I don't know. But um, yeah, so rest of the first half was that. Then basically half half time, um, mm. and then went into the second. Went into the second half. Uh, unfortunately, it started off the same way that the first half did, where you had Everton breaking, ball came across. Um, oh, sorry, before we do that, well, you want to do the You're getting ahead of yourself. Let's, yeah. let's not get into the second half just yet, yeah. because I want to talk. I want to talk about the other penalty appeal. A um, um, lot of coverage on social media about this, and in fact, the penalty we did get wasn't the first appeal in the game. The first one was down our left, and Schluck was tripped by Tarkovsky, I think. No. And it wasn't it wasn't a pen. I don't think it was a pen, that one. Uh, but, it, but he did appeal for it. And it looked in real time as if it could have been given. It wasn't, and that's probably the right decision. We get the Eze one, right? The, the, the equaliser after about four minutes. But the second one, where he's, he comes in from the right-hand side, and he tries to go between two players. He had no right to do what he did. And... You, I, want, I want your views on, on whether this was a penalty or not. And I, then I'll tell you what our Twitter poll has revealed. Well, I, I'll, I think it was a definite penalty. Um, today, I look back, you know, the, the extended highlights, and um, they showed what VAR showed, or would have seen when they checked it. Now, I have no issue with the referee not giving it because it was a congested penalty area, you're seeing it live. You know, you know, I can understand where he wouldn't see it. But for VAR to see the same images where it clearly shows Eze has his trailing foot stood on as he's running past, how that doesn't get given is beyond me. And basically, as far as I'm concerned now, VAR needs to go. It, it's not because of VAR. The technology is great. The technology works. It's the same, well, politely incompetent, referees well look you're not going to get the var to go that's not going to change overnight yeah. all right so uh var is here and it's about making the most of it but you're right it's the people operating var that are causing the issues now um i'll come to you lucy and nick in a minute but just my take on this is that madley who's an experienced premier league referee he's on he's on var duty right okay he he sees that on the pitch um, Sam Barrett, or whatever his name is, this new guy, rookie ref, okay, only he's ever fourth Premier League game he's ever refereed before. Um, the previous three involved involve the three promoted clubs this season, by the way. Um, last weekend, he was refereeing Rotherham v QPR. You can tell I've done my research on this. Sam Barrett, um, he... He looks at it. He's already given one penalty to Crystal Palace. He's not going to give him another one straight away. He thinks Eze's dived and tried to con him. So he gives him a yellow card. We've all agreed that it wasn't a yellow card. Well, we haven't all agreed yet on this show, but he's pretty sure it wasn't a yellow card. So surely Madley, who's on VAR, needs to be saying to him in his earpiece, go and have a look at the monitor, mate. I think you made a wrong call here. All right. He goes to look at the monitor. Sellers Park is screaming for a second penalty. And when you look at it, especially in slow motion, you can't fail, surely, to give a penalty. Lucy? 
Well, well, my thoughts on it was that it's it's the definite penalty. It's a soft penalty. Like yeah. Eze isn't a diver. If it had been given against us, I'd have been like, ah, oh, come on. But secretly, I've been like, yeah, fair enough. But what I'm going to do, uh, Ian, I'm just going to give some of the opinions of some of those out there watching. So, so we've got a few uh, Facebook users saying defo pen. Um, Facebook users saying, why do we always get inexperienced refs? Now, Paul Bristow says that's the first penalty we've been awarded under Roy Hodgson for 973 days. Is it no mm-hmm. wonder the second wasn't given? Um, <laughs> Dawn Palace, enough. yeah, uh, Dawn Palace was. I was says that uh, that she was right by it. It was so quick. He didn't die for sure. Um, Paul says uh, definite penalty. Um, there is not. There is not a soft penalty. It is or it isn't. I disagree. I think there are mm. things as soft penalties, yeah. but you know yeah. that, that's that's why we're here to discuss it. Uh, Eze is definitely not a pen from George. George says it's definitely not a penalty. Back to you, Ian. Yeah. So we we ran a poll on Twitter, and um, uh, just before we came on air, it was a twenty four hour poll, and I did it when I got home last night. So it still hasn't finished, by the way. So you can jump on if you haven't voted. 219 votes when I last looked. Uh, yes, it's a penalty. 79% of the people. And uh, no, 21%. Of course, all Palace fans. Nick? Yeah, I, I think you've already alluded to this, Ian. But I think the world is in complete meltdown about VAR at the moment. Uh, and the rights and wrongs behind it. Um, and you're quite right what you said. The, the, point, the point being is... Why didn't he get told he's an inexperienced ref? Was that his second game for in fourth, the Premier League? Fourth fourth in the Premier League, yeah. And if you're saying that he had an experienced ref on VAR, it's his jurisdiction to send the referee to the monitor. This yeah. is what it, it's the old, old story. VAR's not killing the game, it's the idiots running it that's killing the game. And it's been it's such a hot topic this around football world at the moment. They're more concerned about getting it wrong than actually getting it right. And this is what's causing the issue. For me, my, my personal view, uh, again, Lucy just alluded to it, soft it would have been. I'm not convinced that he wasn't starting to go down before that leg came out. Okay. Um, it's one of those, if it's given against you, how do you feel, guys? Mm. Well, as Lucy said, if, if it's against you, you know, you're rather, um, you're rather thinking, well, that, that shouldn't have been given, you know, and you're up in arms about it. But, you know, the fact is, it wasn't against us. It was for us. And um, there was contact, as a lot of people in the chat have already said. Tim, would you, you're going along with that, yes? Yeah, but but like you said before we started, we're going to catch up first, Ian. Um, at the Villa game, you've got Richards, who gets the ball first, yeah. then gets a penalty given against him. You've got Eze, who definitely gets his foot taken away by the Villa player, by the, sorry, the Everton player, yeah. gets booked for diving. So there's your inconsistency straight away. Well, it was very clear in Roy Hodgson's uh, post-match press conference. Uh, he was asked about that incident and he said, absolutely, Eberetche is a, he's not a diver. He would never do that. And he knows the player better than any of us, of course. Um, it's there was contact. It's history repeating itself. Bizarre whole scenario all over again. Is yeah. he a because he's a good player, is he a diver or not a diver? Oh, by the way, I must apologise in the background, folks, if you can hear fireworks. Happy Diwali to anybody celebrating. <laughs> Indeed. Now, you're right with the fireworks, Nick. That's all good. Uh, fireworks on our show this evening. Um, the fact that Borough booked Eze for simulation should have given Maddie a clue to what the on-field ref was thinking. 
Had he just said no pen but no yellow, then VAR would be right in saying not a clear and obvious error, says Paul Bristow. Thank you, mate. Always uh, words of wisdom from you down in Plymouth. Um, so, um, Tim, um, we finished the first... I think we're the better team in the first half, aren't we? We're going at one all, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Feeling pretty good, yeah. you know. We've come from behind, you know. In the second half, we've got this lot, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. Um it was, yeah, considering the start we had. But more than that, the way we were playing was really good. So, yeah, so going in 1-1, I think Everton were probably lucky to go in 1-1, but I was happy with that at half-time. OK, second half then. What happened? What went wrong beginning of the second half? Um, we seemed to be really slack in starting. But again, it's mistakes. Um, we were trying to play the ball. Yeah. So basically, second half started, Everton attacking much as they were at the end of the first half. Um, came through, uh, we had uh, Mikalenko, um, had a shot from probably the edge of the box, hit the post. Unfortunately, as has happened a few times, we reacted slower than the Everton players did. Uh, and uh, what was his name? Was it Decore was there to tuck no, the ball in? He wasn't playing. Oh, there, Decore. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hoped it was offside, but Lerman was playing him on just. Yeah. Um, so there we go. 2 1 I, down. I think, I'm not sure about Jefferson Lerma yesterday. Some people were saying he had a really good game. I'm not convinced about that. I don't think he's been quite the same player since, he, since his injury. Um, he did some good things yesterday. Don't get me wrong. But he played him on, didn't he? You've just said that. Yeah. Um, and I think if if that's Decore in that position, he doesn't play him on. You know, he needs to be more aware. Um, because, you know, if he takes a step forward at that time, the guy's offside. Um, you know, let him react quickly. It doesn't matter who reacts. If he's offside, he's offside. It's not going to be given. It's all, you know, it's VAR going to look at it. Nick? Yeah, a couple of things on Decore. I actually did, uh, I don't know if any of you saw it on social media, but I had a quick clip for one of the Everton fan, um, fans' websites, okay? Uh, and I actually called it the Battle of the Two Decorys, assuming mm. that uh, Czech was going to be back and clearly yeah. it wasn't available. Um, my worry about Lerma, and I like Lerma, I thought Lerma and Decore in the middle of our... In uh, marshalling in front of our back four had been playing really well up until the two injuries, or certainly Lerma's injury. I'm not so sure that Lerma is such a great player without Decore standing alongside him. The yeah. Hughes, the Hughes project doesn't seem to work so much with either Decore or Lerma. My own personal. When it comes to the team selection, we didn't we didn't put the team up at the beginning. We we usually do that, but um, of course there was just that um, one change from the previous starting eleven, where Eze came in for Decore and um, the injured Decore. Let's be clear about that. He picked up a knock at Burnley. Um, he hadn't trained all week, but he was past fit to play on Friday. Uh, but Roy Hodgson chose to leave him out because he had to leave somebody out because he wanted to bring Eze back into the side. And in his view, he thought Lerma and Hughes, neither of whom deserved to be dropped from what they'd done previously. So you could have sort of understand and follow that logic, I guess. But I think we really missed Czech Decore yesterday. Um, we missed him on the third goal for sure. They had too much space on the edge of the box. Decore sits in and protects that back four. And he does it so well. Um, you know, you don't get a club like Liverpool wanting to pay 50 million for a player if they're not very good. Yeah. So, you know, he, he is somebody who we, we, 
we we um we we should value him more. I think we do value him, but um he's underrated, I think, Czech de Coure. And I suppose like a lot of defensive midfielders, you know, they're they're not the guys getting the FPL points, are they really? You know, they're they're the guys that are just doing the ugly stuff, breaking the game up and protecting the back four. Tim, I'm probably stolen a lot of your thunder there, forgive me. No, no, that's 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 all good. Um uh, so, yeah, so 2-1 down. But then, again, it was pleasing to see normal service was resumed. Um, I thought um, as there was slightly quiet a second half. But we had many chances. Um, Lerma, again, edge of the box. He had basically a side footer into the corner that put it wide. Yeah. Edward, I've, I struggled with him yesterday. Yes, he did score our second equaliser. But he had other chances. He didn't seem to react quick enough. He, you know, Everton defended well. They've got some good blocks in. But mm. I, something's not quite right there. He just, you know, he, he doesn't hit him on his toes. There were a couple of times where crosses came across. And if he'd been on his toes, he might have got to one. But we'll probably discuss him um, a bit later. But then we carried on. And then, of course, then Elise comes on. Um, and I think got probably the biggest cheer of the day. Mm. Um, was when he came on, and literally as soon as he came in, came on, he's in the game. He's gets the, he gets the ball on the right, cuts in, has a shot. It's a corner. I think almost probably his first touch. Yeah. Um, but then we're playing on great football. I think playing really well, a lot of passion. Hughes, yeah, I, I kind of know what you mean, but also he did an awful lot of dirty work. He did a lot of stuff getting in there, breaking up. I thought he had a good game. And then we came, you know, two-two. You would think, in the immortal words of Kevin Keegan from now all those years ago, there's only one team going to win this if one is. Um, but no, unfortunately, again, mistakes uh, and uncharacteristic mistakes. Anderson playing the ball at the back, poor touch, loses it. Everton run through their sub, who's only I think been on for a few minutes. Ball's played through to him. No one tracks him through. Slots it into the bottom corner. Three-two yeah. down. I mean, um, Mitchell tried, didn't he? Mitchell sort of slid in, but you know he, he was a little too late. You know, and uh, it was too easy for them, wasn't it, to open us up for that third goal? Yeah. Much too easy, as I said. Yeah. If the Corey's there, I don't think that happens. Nick, let me come. To yeah, you. that. And if you, you're right, it's Mitchell. It's Mitchell was involved in that, but it was also Hughes. And what annoyed me about it, in particular, uh, the player went between Hughes and Mitchell. Uh, uh, Hughes was just as responsible for it. Okay, and then he's turned around once uh, he's scored the goal. Uh, Hughes has turned around and berated everybody else. Well, it was only him mm. and Mitchell there. It's either one or the yeah. other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Cook says too many tibby tappy passes at the back. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. We do, and and we were launching it more the other week. I don't understand why we weren't doing more of that yesterday. Um, and you know, I think they were just trying to find the perfect diagonal pass too often. It get you know Anderson Gahey, Anderson Gahey Ward, Anderson Gahey Gahey Ward, you know, um, because that was a back three as you said earlier, and Mitchell was playing almost more like a wing back yesterday, um, and uh, pre presumably specific tactics because it was Everton, but um, you know, we we just we just we just made it all too easy for them, and I can't quite I couldn't believe it actually that we 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 gave it away so easily yesterday for that third goal. It was very really disappointing. I think what it shows, though, and sorry to bleat on about it, but it shows our the same Achilles heel that we've had for seasons now, is our strikers. 
they just don't have any confidence in our strikers being able to hold the ball and lay it off. That's one of the reasons why they have why they dilly dally around with it so much. I mean, how many times yesterday did the ball come to Edward and he just couldn't control it? He lost it. You know, yeah. and you can't. And, and the moment that happens, the opposition get the ball back and they're back attacking again. Um, you okay. know, it's, okay. let, it's, let me let me yeah. ask you this then, because you were moaning about him throughout the game. You were sitting in front of me, and you were moaning about him all the time. So mm-hmm. I knew this was going to happen tonight. Um, Elise. Uh, sorry, um, Edouard, better than Mateta, or would you give Mateta an opportunity now, um, Tim? Oh, I, to be fair, I, I don't think either of them are really Premiership, consistently Premiership players. Um, I don't really think you get much more with Mateta than you do Edouard. Edouard took his goal well. It's a poacher's goal yesterday, but he took it well. He was in the right place, right, yeah. right pace, right pace. And he slotted it nicely. Um, but that's probably all he did that was worth it yesterday. Would Mateta do any different? I don't think he would. I mean, and, and this has been our problem for seasons. What do you think, Lucy? Would you play Mateta? I, 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 I don't think I would. I'd probably stick with uh, Edward. And I'm not even a massive fan of his, really. He kind of, the ball comes to his feet. And he, it's almost like he takes too many touches. It kind of, he's not sure where it is. And and then by that point, the moment's gone or he's been dispossessed or it's it's gone wide. Um, Mateta, you know, has um, sort of moments, doesn't he? But we, we need that consistency. We need defenders to fear our strikers. And I think they probably can assume that they can s- sort of just snuff any kind of attack from us. And as Tim says, we'll be on the attack. It will get snuffed out. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the opposition are, are attacked attacking us and it's just just feels a bit lame that said I thought yesterday's game was superb I loved it it was end to end it was exciting it was just a shame about the result so I'm not digging anyone out really well yeah you're not wrong in the terms of it it will bring the crowds back and it was entertainment value um someone's put in the in the chat he scored six goals this season five in the Premier League of course um and you know I think if you said after 11 games, you would have got five goals in the Premier League. That's not a bad return rate. That's just, you know, that's one every other game. Um, it's just, I think, the, the other chances he's been given, uh, it's just frustrating. You know, he did do other things yesterday, Tim. You know, he he got his shot away in the first half on one occasion, which forced a very good save from uh, Pickford. Mm. Um, he was the one that passed the ball across the edge of the box for Lerma to have that shot that was wide of the goal which should have hit the target so he was involved with other things as well Um, but there were other times when he was fed through um, one in particular in the second half in the sort of 10 position in the inside left channel when he just wanted him to get his shot away and the Everton defender blocked him and he just get your shot away quicker you know you haven't got time to take that touch in the Premier League Um, he needs to be quicker and I think it's part of his problem he's not quick enough you know, he's got good feet. He's, you know, when he's taking people on the box, his quick feet. But actually over 10, 15, 20 yards, he's just not got that pace that, that someone like Andy Johnson had when he played for us, for example. You know, where you get your shot away. Do you know what I mean? Right. OK. They're all nodding. Yeah. <laughs> I bored you all. OK. <laughs> Nick, would you play Mateta instead of Edouard in the next game? No. Absolutely. No. Okay, that's three out of three then. Edward uh, keeps his place for us um, until January at least. You know, we, you know, I think if you're Edward, you're thinking actually I've got to keep scoring goals because if I don't, I'm going to lose my place. You know, so 
it's, it's fairly easy for him, really, when you think about it. It's, it's not difficult. He knows what he's got to do. Um, okay, so let's. Um, anything else to say about the game, Tim? Have we done the game now, or anything else? I think we've done the game. No, I think we've done the game. Okay, Lucy, anything you want to add about the game? Did you obviously enjoyed your day at Sellers Park yesterday. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Thank you, Nick. Uh, I do appreciate it. And uh, it was my nephew's uh, 16th birthday yesterday, so happy birthday to John Paul. I saw the message well. on the screen. I saw the message on the screen. Yeah, That's brilliant. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. indeed. So Lucy's nephew was 16, message on the screen. Uh, lots of love, Auntie Lucy. I think it said something like that. Great Auntie Lucy. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> this is why I don't come on too often. Should I do some hellos? Um, yeah, I just want to give a before you do that, I just want to give a shout out to Alison and Hannah Youngson. I think I've got their name right. Um, they were at Solos yesterday. They come up from Bournemouth for every home game and uh, they watch the show. So thanks, ladies, for watching us, Lucy. Right. Okay. So some hello. So hello to Graham in Hastings. We've also got somebody watching from Eastbourne. Uh, we've got Daniel in Manchester. We've got Tommy from Whiteleaf. Thank you for watching on YouTube. We've got some viewers from Romford. We've got John Knox in Hove. We have Mark in uh, Orpington, Paul Grant in Burgess Hill, Richard from Canterbury, Kent, Paul from Tadworth. We've got uh, James from Addiscombe. We've got uh, Paul Holden from Pitsy, Essex. Uh, da, 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 da. We've, uh, we've said a big hello to Hannah and Ali. Um, and yeah, just hello to everybody. It was great seeing you yesterday as well, George. Sorry, Graham, that I missed you as well. Um, back to you, Ian. Thank you, Lucy. Oh, ha hello from Spain. Oh, nice one. Lucky, lucky person being in Spain. It's probably not raining in Spain. It is here. Um, OK, so let me come to the other sides then. It's not just about our first 11 at Crystal Palace Football Club on the Red and Blue Review. We do like to uh, give you guys an update on the other sides at the club and how they've done in the last week since our last show. So the other 21s, they were in action last Tuesday evening on the 7th of November, um, away to AFC Wimbledon in the EFL Trophy. And they went down 2-0 um, away at Wimbledon. And I know quite a lot of Palace fans uh, went to that game. So well done if you made the effort to get to that one. And then three days later on Friday, the 10th of November, they lost 4-2 again at home. This time the game was played at the VBS Community Stadium. Uh, they lost to Ipswich Town in the Premier League Cup. Having trailed 4-0 at halftime, uh, they eventually lost 4-2. And their next game is next Tuesday, the 14th of November, a 7pm kickoff away at Stevenage in the EFL Trophy. Um, next up, the under-18s. Uh, they played on Saturday morning. Uh, they won 2-1 at home to West Brom in the under-18 Premier League at the training ground. And their next game is on Thursday morning, 10.30 kickoff on a Thursday morning, the 16th of November, away at Newcastle United in the League Cup um, at the Newcastle United Academy. And then the women, they played earlier today. Uh, played this afternoon. They won 3-2 at home to Lewis Women in the Women's Championship at the VBS Community Stadium again in Sutton. And that makes them up to third in the table, uh, a single point behind the top two with a game in hand. So very well done, ladies. And their next game is a special one because they're at home next Sunday, the 19th of November, at 2pm kickoff, uh, home to Southampton in the Championship. And that one is at Selhurst Park. So um, no game for us next weekend because of the international break. So if you want your football fix, get yourself down to Sellers next Saturday, so, you know, sorry, Sunday, Sunday the 19th of November for the Women's Championship. Nick, you'll be there, will you? No, I'm not going to. Actually, I might be there. I haven't decided yet, but I do want to ask the panel, 
a question, if you didn't mind, on the subject of the ladies. Guys, they are having, uh, uh, I think her name is Lewinsky, the new, the new manager, uh, replaced Dean Davenport. They are having a cracking start to the season. Let's not get ahead of ourselves because they did the same thing, similar thing last season as well. But what happens if they get promoted to the big, big girls league? I mean, the proper league, the Premier League. Um, I mean, the budgets for Crystal Palace are going to have to really change. They're going to have to put some serious investment in for the late Palace ladies, aren't they? I think they are, Nick. Um, it was Liverpool that were promoted last season. There's one place only, I think, that gets the promotion. Liverpool won the league and they're now in the Premier League. I don't know how well they're doing. I'm not looking at that. But interestingly, I was talking to my niece today. Um, I had lunch um, with my sister and uh, my two nieces. And one of my nieces, she lives in North London. And she's got lots of mates that are Arsenal fans. And she's got quite into the women's football, supporting Arsenal, um, because her mates do. I don't think she really supports anyone, but she goes along. At the Emirates Stadium, Arsenal ladies attract 60,000 crowds. Yeah. £12.50 mm. to get in. 60,000 watch them in that league. Uh, it's, it's a different ball game altogether, isn't it? Um, I don't think they play all their games there at, at the... Um, at the Emirates, I think most of them, they try and play them there. But obviously, if it clashes with the first team, then they won't. They'll play somewhere else. Um, but a lot of the ladies' teams in the Premier League do play in bigger grounds. And there's a lot more money involved in it. Uh, so, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Good luck to them. It's a long season and, and, a, and a lot lot to go. But it would be great, wouldn't it, if they got promoted into the Premier League? Apparently, Liverpool are mid-table. So, thanks for that uh, update. Someone in the chat, I've just seen it go through. Good. Okay. Um, if you've been to a women's game um, and you want to tell us about it, then then tell us in the chat. We'd love to hear about that. And um, do get along down to Sellers next Sunday, 2 p.m. kickoff, if you can make it. Right. Where are we? Okay. One thing I wanted to talk about this evening on our show, we've got, we're lucky to have Tim with us tonight. Uh, Tim, uh, as I said, right at the top of the show, a talk sport fame. You've been on a few times now, Tim, haven't you? We pull your leg about it. Um, but you've done battle with Simon Jordan and Jim White, um, defending our great club uh, on the airways of Talk Sport, which is super. Um, and you've been successful, as we already said on last week's show, have been selected for the Fan Advisory Board, uh, this body that the club has put together to listen to the fans, to understand what's important to the supporters, and to um, hopefully take action as a result of engaging in the dialogue they have with this fan advisory board. So um, you've been successful. Congratulations. Well done. Um, I want to ask you, first of all, if I may, um, what made you apply? Um, what, what made you put yourself forward in the first place for this role, Tim? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think <laughs> our experience in New Zealand with what uh, we, we uh, went through there, um changed us both myself and Wendy quite a bit in that not prepared to sit there and do nothing if you get the chance to do something if you feel something isn't right mm -hmm. um and one thing I did note I felt coming back from New Zealand was growing up it's probably just youth, but there seemed to be a real link between the supporter, the fan base, and the club. It seemed to be communication was good. It just seemed to be there. But I, 
coming coming back and going to games, talking to you guys, being involved, it just seemed there was even that that gone. There was there was no link, and it really saddened me because that was quite a special thing. Um, and I just thought, well, do something about it, or at least have a go and do something about it, rather than just sit there, feel it, and, and do nothing. So. Probably to answer your question, the reason why I decided to have a go was that very reason, where at least have a go. If nothing happens, at least I can say I, I, I tried. tried. You know. At least at least I tried, you could say. Um, yeah. So I'll come to you in a minute, Nick. Um, so you represent gold members, right? That's you know, There were sections, weren't there? Gold members, yeah. away season ticket holders, season ticket holders, international, um, to name the, the other groups. So gold members, that's what you are. So if yes. you're a gold member and you're watching this and you voted for Tim, thank you for doing that because you're responsible uh, for getting him on this. Um, so when you got the result, what happened? Did the club call you up and, and tell you? How, how did you find out? Yeah, I, I, I was working from home probably just as well. Um, and, yeah, the, the mobile phone went and uh, – it was, I forget the lady's name, but it was the same lady that, that had phoned me up to say that I'd been shortlisted. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so, so basically she started going through it. And apparently um, Palace had the most applications by multitudes than any other Premier League club. Really? Uh, she said they couldn't, yeah. Yeah, literally a factor of four to five more than any other Premier League club. Um, so I, I was just kind of like gobsmacked that I got shortlisted. And then the wonderful Wendy helped me because then we had to do that 50 to 100 words that we had to write, which is, you think, oh, it's easy. But when you sit down and you're actually trying to, you know, encapsulate it down, um, Wendy being a, a football widow, and she is going to come to one more game this season, um, it was brilliant. But, but yeah, so she started talking about how this, the, the number of people they had apply. So I was expecting, oh, you know, you've done really well, but, you know. But then now she turned around, she said that, um, you know, I've, I've been successful. So it was like, I swore a little bit, but, yeah, it was really good. I, I can't go stop you there because something's really tickled Lucy. And then I'll come to you, Nick. Lucy, what's funny? Uh, this is a question for you, Tim, just on the, the, the nature of that phone call from Paul. Uh, was her name Mrs. Beadle by any chance? That's, <laughs> a, that's such an old reference, though. Only it's, actually, no, it's actually Mr. Blobby, but there you go. <laughs> oh, Paul, thank you for that. There we go. Nick, you want to come in? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, let's not forget that this is just Crystal Palace's way of getting ahead of the uh, fan-led review by what's her name, Tracy Croucher, the then sports minister. Um, so this is us getting in there and doing it before we're actually told to do it. So uh, I wanted to uh, give brief you, because you're not gonna be aware of it. The day that Tim actually found out that he'd been successful, uh, I actually phoned him immediately, literally within 20 minutes of him receiving the phone call from Sellers Park. And I was talking to him, congratulating him on that. Because on behalf of Red and Blue Review, we are very proud you've been appointed to yeah. so massive congratulations on behalf of all of us um and he said and, and i'm just going to encapsulate something he said to me on that phone call and he said to me listen he said i would i said you do realize you're likely to get a bit of flat from the, in the background from people he said do you know what i would rather take that flat knowing that i've had a go 
then sitting in the background and haven't done anything about it. And Tim, well done to you. Good luck. Even if nothing comes of it, okay, I wish you well. And we're very proud of you. Well done, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Well, well said, Nick. Very um, very statesman's-like speech there. Thank you very much, mate. Um, so oh, how did you feel then when she said you got got the got the uh, got the gig, Tim? You know what what was your overriding emotion then? You know, to be honest, it was one oh, of no, emotion. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I was waiting for him to go. Oh no, sorry, we made a mistake. One person, sorry. Um, but no, I mean, it was. I mean, Palace has been in my blood all my life. I mean back from when dad took photos of Alan Mulry and the team and I went with him at a very young age to show the, to show the manager and the players. Um, family friends taking me, growing up going there, um, being away for 12 years in New Zealand, coming back. Um, it's, you know, it is important. It's not just a football club. You know, it, it's a family. So shock, um, quite emotional. Um, to be fair, but no, no, it's um, proud, really. I think pride more than anything else. Very good, very good. Now, you're gonna have no shortage of support from uh, the Red and Blue Review um, listeners and, and people that watch the pod, um, as well as us lot. You know, we'll all have an idea of what we'd like you to achieve on our behalf. But what, what do you hope to achieve, Tim, by, by being part of this fan advisory board? Do you think? To my mind, one of the biggest things at Palace is the diversity and the fact of the fan base, what is done for the community, the fact it's still in the community, the fact that the stadium all right, is run down, but it's still our stadium. It's still a proper classic football stadium. For me, it, it's just... Not necessarily improving the stadium. I don't think it is just the stadium that we need to worry about. Moving forward, the club is only going to move forward if it takes the fans with it. And it's only going to be able to take the fans with it if it pays attention to the fans more, listens and at least is more open with the fan base about what is going on. So so for me, it, it's made keeping the diversity. It, it's attracting, you know, more fans, fairer fans, and actually just getting more of a trust back in, I think. Okay, good stuff. All right, and do you know when your first meeting going to be? Not yet. Uh, they need to get hold of everyone. Um, then I think they're going to have a meeting in November to basically plan it going forward, um, and then there'll be another meeting quite soon after that. Very good. Good stuff. Yeah, it's just that something that Tim just said, I think it's quite an interesting point, really. Um, if you remember that in the early days of 2010, uh, when they took, they first took over the club, the four guys took over the club, the one thing you did, you noticed about Steve Parrish, and, the, and by the way, I'm not going to criticise him, okay? The one thing you noticed about Steve Parrish, he was freely, he made himself freely available. Um, he would be available on, he did, um, not the back of the nest, well, Homestyle Radio on numerous occasions. In fact, he invited them into the, into the, into the ground to interview him. What would be nice from from the FAB committee is if to encourage that, because Tim's rightly just said, it's about the fans and engaging with the fans better. We are a Premier League team now, and the parish and the board seem to have taken a complete step back. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if, you know, yes. one day you get him on here just for a Q&A session, 
just to talk to us. You know, Steve, what's your vision for the future? What, what are you going to do about it? What are your plans for the, the Alpha Way or whatever it is? Okay, and if if nothing else comes out of the Fab Committee, just that we get encourage the management of the, of the club to engage more with with the club, not just one small singing section with the club. Yeah, thanks, Nick. And you know, there's a lot of love for what you said earlier as well in the chat, um, agreeing with your, your, your sentiments there. So um, I, I think Steve Parrish would like to do that. Um, certainly whenever I've I'm not, not really had a proper conversation with him, but when we've travelled back from away games, sometimes he's seen us at Euston and, and always said, thanks for your support, lads. And I think he means it. He's a proper Palace fan. I don't get this Parish out stuff. I know a lot of people um, no. would like to get it. I can't see that. I think he's a fantastic chairman. And his heart is in the right place. He's definitely red and blue through and through like the rest of us. So, uh, Tim, good luck with it all. Um, obviously, you'll keep us posted. And uh, we look forward to the updates, mate. Um, uh, get you back on here in a few weeks' time to let us know what's happening. Hopefully, you're allowed to uh, to share that with us. I don't know. You might be sworn to secrecy or something. Um, uh, I saw Yasmin ask, um, who else in the other categories has, has been successful? Uh, we simply don't know. Um, because the club haven't announced it yet and no one else is stupid enough to say they've got in like Tim. So he's one, yeah, I've got in. Uh, no one else has said that as far as we know. Unless someone else knows someone in the chat, tell us if you know someone else that's been successful for the Fan Advisory Board. We'd love to know. So I'm going to move this along a little bit now, if I may. Um, one of the things we do on this podcast is uh, have a look at the players out on loan from Crystal Palace Football Club. Uh, and so this weekend just gone, that's no different. So I'm just going to take you through this. So Owen Goodman, of course, the young goalkeeper. He plays for Colchester United on loan. They're 16th in League Two at the moment. He played the full 90 in goal in the 1-1 home draw against our near neighbours, Sutton United. Uh, next up, Malachi Balatang uh, for Dundee FC. Uh, they're fifth in the Scottish Premiership. Um, well, they were when I looked at it yesterday. Um, he played the full 90 in central midfield in the 4-0 win over St Mirren. Uh, Luke Plunge, um, great name that, isn't it, Luke Plunge? Plunge, that is not Luke. Um, Carlisle United, he plays for in League One. Uh, they're in the relegation zone. He played 82 minutes in the 1-0 home defeat to Bristol Rovers. Kofi Barmer, um, he's with Port Vale. Um, a 17th in League One. There's a theme here about League One. Uh, wasn't involved in the 1-1 draw against Lincoln this weekend. I'm not sure why. Um, Killian Phillips, he's with Wickham Wanderers. They're 12th in League One. He played the full 90 in the 1-0 home reverse to Stevenage. And then finally, John Kamani Gordon, uh, Cambridge United. They're 15th in League One. Um, he was on the bench for the 5-0 reverse at Peterborough and came on at 4-0 down in the 64th minute. So, you know, some of these guys aren't getting too many minutes. Yeah, and, yeah hang on, Nick. And they, uh, they're not getting too many minutes. And yet, they seem to be struggling in League One, some of these loanees, League One and League Two. So, you know, I'd like to see some of them get championship football. But, Nick, what are your thoughts on that? I agree on the championship football thing, by the way. But Andrew Adams has just told us in the new chat that uh, Jake O'Brien, uh, he plays for Leon now. Okay, I, don't know if he, I think he's on loan at Leon still. There you go. It's on the screen now. Um, not Palace, but he scored the Leon winner today. Leon have been, bear in mind, it's another text club. Uh, yeah. Frank Bottom of the Ligue 1 or whatever it is in France. And Brian scored the winner for him today. Well done, he, 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 he signed for them for a million pounds from Palace, didn't he? I think I'm yeah. right in saying that. So he's actually left Palace as a 
um, somebody, and I, I don't think I didn't think it was going too well for him, but I might have misread that and got him confused with somebody else. But that's a roundup on our lone players um, playing mainly in League One, as you've already heard. Um, and um, let's hope they get on better next weekend because uh, they didn't do too well this weekend. So where are we going now? Um, next up, we have uh, an international break to look forward to, of course, in the next uh, fortnight. Um, and then the uh, much-anticipated away fixture to Luton Town is the first game back after the break uh, where we visit uh, Luton for a three o'clock kickoff on Saturday the 25th of November. If you've got a ticket for that, it's a golden ticket. Hold on to it tight in your mitts because there won't be many of them around. Um, looking forward to that one immensely. A um, uh, week later, we go to West Ham. Uh, two away games on the spin for us now, which is just as well considering our home form. Uh, that one is on Sky. It's a 2pm kickoff. It's on the Sunday because West Ham will be playing on the Thursday beforehand in the Europa League. And so uh, 2 p.m. live on Sky on Wednesday, or Sunday the 3rd of December. Um, next up, the games then come thick and fast. Uh, Bournemouth are the visitors to Sellers Park on Wednesday the 6th of December for a 7.30 kickoff. Um, that one's on Amazon, I think. And then that follows quick. that's followed quickly by Liverpool the visitors to Sellers for the early kickoff on Saturday the 9th of December, a 12.30 job, um, again, in front of the cameras, this time TNT Sport, before we visit uh, league leaders Manchester City um, at 3pm on the 16th of December, and then the uh, just a small team from the South Coast come and play us on Thursday the 21st. So they're the next six games, guys. Um you know, that's a that's a group of fixtures, you know, that we should be picking up points from. And there's a couple of tough ones in there. Um, but what do we think about the Luton game specifically on the back of yesterday? Um, Nick, I'm going to come to you first. What are your thoughts about that Luton Town fixture? Um, what's your prediction, first of all? And what changes, if any, would you make to the starting eleven? Oh, so, thanks for throwing me in. Yes, all right. Don't worry. You've done it to me before several no. times. So. Yeah, I'm supposed to be doing it to you. But um, my thoughts, Luton have actually started to play a little bit more uh, progressive football. They're actually doing okay. Uh, your question was, my prediction, first of all, I'm going to go for a 3-1 away win. Good. Okay, 3-1 away win. However, it won't be as plain sailing as the result actually comes off. I think, uh, what changes would I make? I would definitely bring... Uh, Decorey in for Hughes. I don't know what's going on. Uh, why Decorey didn't actually start yesterday? Because I think Decorey taking Hughes in that gives you uh, our strongest eleven. Uh, yes, he's line up minus Hughes. And I don't think I've been negative about Hughes. He, I think he does a job. I think he does a great job. In fact, he, he'd probably be better off as an individual. Uh, so my, my 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 starting eleven will be yesterday's eleven, but Hughes in for, uh, Decorey in for Hughes. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, Lucy, same question to you. Score prediction and also any changes you'd make to the starting eleven. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go 3-1 to us. I can't see us keeping a clean sheet and I, I agree there's a comment. I can't quite see it. Um, uh, uh, Townsend will probably score against us, so that's mm -hmm. my sort of banana skin for the, for the goal. Um, I really want to see us win it. Yesterday, I think we played incredibly well. There's a, there's lots to be positive about. Um, I, yeah, I think Decore will come in for Hughes. Oh, now, I do like Hughes. He's he's a scrappy play, player. He sort of he, he works hard. So I am a bit of a Will Will Hughes fan. Um, but yeah, a three one, I reckon. 
Okay, no more changes. You're sticking with uh, that? I, I think uh, Elise will, will be coming in to, ah, to, to we're perhaps getting start. There. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're I getting think, somewhere there. Okay, so who are you going to drop for Elise? It's tricky, tricky, but um, who, he came on for Schlupp yesterday, didn't he? So maybe it, it would be it would be just reverse that and maybe sort of... I, I can't see him doing 90 minutes. Is he match fit for that? He looked sharp yesterday. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping Elise starts and then maybe sort of sub him on for uh, Schlupp. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Tim, same to you. Uh, 2-1 away win. Uh, I would keep Hughes, drop Lerma for Decore. And I would drop Schlupp for Olise. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I thought that might be the case. Um, Yeah, Lerma or Hughes. Be interested to see which one gets the nod because I think Decore will be back. Um, the reason, Nick, he didn't play yesterday, I did cover this earlier. You must have been dropped out at that, that time. Um, Roy Hodgson has come out and said that De Curry didn't start because he um, he was carrying a knot from the Burnley game. Um, right. He didn't train all week. Um, I and mean, he was past fit to play on Friday. But he hadn't trained all week. So he had to leave somebody out for Eze. Therefore, he chose De Curry because of that fact. He's now away with Marley on international duty as well. He's been called up to their um, uh, their national side. So he might be playing some football while he's away, which, um, you know, that's the price of success, isn't it? That, that our players will go out on international duty. We've already had one occasion this, this season when Mark Gahey's come back from the England camp injured and been unable to play in the next game. So um, we hope that both he and Sam Johnston away with England, um, Anderson with Denmark... We, we, we had these up on the screen before now. There are others as well. I think um, or IU will probably be away with Ghana. I don't know that for certain. Um, but these players will be going away on international duty. And we haven't got as many as other clubs. I mean, you know, we've got half a dozen, if, if that. Um, other clubs have got whole whole teams, you know, squads out on, on international duty. And we hope they come back um, fit to play in the next league game. And, and it does give these other players a break. You know, I do believe that, um, it's probably the right decision for Eze not to be away with England at this time. Although after yesterday, you probably think there's nothing wrong with him now at all. He, he could easily do a job for England in those games. But I think maybe Roy has asked him to be protected a little bit because he's just come back from this long-term injury. Um, it's, I don't know what about Elise with the French under-21 squad. I hope he's not away. I hope he has some time to just bed in with the squad and 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 do more training really before he gets... Another match under his belt when we get to Luton in a fortnight's time. So, um, so yeah, thanks for your uh, predictions, guys. So, away wins all round. I will go along with that as well. Um, I think that's the, the sentiments in the chat is all very similar to that as well. Uh, before we finish the show, there's one thing we haven't spoken about that was um, doing the rounds on social media yesterday. And it, this time it wasn't about any of the players. It wasn't about the manager. It wasn't about the chairman. It was about our sporting director. Uh, a certain Doogie Friedman. Um, apparently, he's been linked with a move to, of all things, Manchester United um, as sporting director. Now, take this with a pinch of salt because it was in the Daily Mail or Daily Mirror or some other rag uh, that's out there. But but you're shaking your head, Tim. What are, what are your thoughts about this? You know, if someone comes in and says, is, is a five million compensation for Doogie Friedman, are we going to stand in his way? I, I'm not really sure. I think he's done an okay job for us, given the constraints. Who would you get to replace him? Um, so I'm a bit, a 
bit indifferent, really. I don't have any strong opinion either way. Fair enough. Sit on the fence, why don't you, Luce? Yeah. Um, I know. I oh, It's difficult. This, I don't think he'll go, if I'm honest. Nah, I, I know, I'd like him to stay. You, you think it's just paper talk, do you? Yeah, like you say, I suddenly realised you were talking about the mail and the red tops. <laughs> uh, ignore it. Nick, you heard, you've heard this story, Nick? Yeah, I've heard the story. Of course I have. Um, I'm about to give you uh, the other side of the coin. Let's face it, this guy's got history. He, mm -hmm. he went to Bolton for a, a few quid. He'd probably come around and cook me, cook me a roast dinner for a fiver. So the the longer at him, he'll be off. You know, and the, the guy that I did like, and I can't remember his name, Ian, help me out. Who was our previous sporting director? Uh, there was a little bit of controversy surround surrounding is it Tim some year or other? Um he was he was appointed before Freeman. Anyway, my, my thoughts are I because he's got previous because of what he did with Bolton, uh, I've never been a great fan of him since he's, he left hung up his boots. Uh, he would he would probably go for the money. Uh, you know, he's proved it once before. Why wouldn't he do it again? Yeah the previous sporting director Rob Cranfield said was a guy called Moody. Um, yeah. yeah Ian Moody. Yeah that's right Ian Moody. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Doogie Freeman has apologised for, for that um, decision to leave Palace for Bolton. He's come out and, and made an apology since then. Um, I, I think you know, Palace is in his heart. He's, he was a great player for us, of course, you know, um, involved in some really iconic moments in our history down the years. Um, and, and he has, when you look at what he's done in terms of picking these players out from the lower leagues, like your Michael Lise's, Eberetche Eze, you know, Gaye from Chelsea, who wasn't in their first 11. He's picked these players out and, and made them, you know, got them into the club. And they're now, you know, stars with with increased values and, you know, real assets to Crystal Palace Football Club. So I think overall, I would say he's done a very good job. And I think he probably would be quite difficult to replace. But uh, as you say, Lucy, I think it might be just paper talk. But I thought it was probably worth commenting on the show tonight because someone did ask the question earlier in the chat so um i think that's us done guys um we've been going about an hour so thank you so much to everyone for joining us real panel is watching uh paul uh, we're gonna have you on the show i believe very soon i think it's the west ham fixture we're really looking forward to having you on your knowledge of uh crystal palace football club is is uh, second to none mate from people i've met thank you for coming on if anyone else really wants to come on talk to nick um, he's the gatekeeper. <laughs> and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll see what's what. But we've got a great bunch of people on this show. Um, Lucy has done all the hard work behind the scenes tonight, while Nigel Crouchery is out sunning himself somewhere, having a well-earned break. Um, Nick, thanks for joining us at the last minute, mate, and no stepping problem. in. And uh, you're back in the hot seat, I hope, next time out, which will be after the Luton game or in a fortnight's time. And Tim Richards, as always, um, Always value your opinions, mate. And don't forget to give uh, Simon Jordan hell when you next call Talk Sport, mate. So there we go. It's good night for me. Enjoy the international break. We'll see you in a fortnight, guys. Thank you very much. Good night, everyone.